It's a, it's a ill mind and still time build and refine Still getting mine in the nine at nine nine <laughs> Don't touch the dial, you heard. What's up, everybody? DJ Geometrics here. Monday night, 9 p.m. It's time for the 9 at 9 DJ podcast. This is the online show with nine DJs on a roundtable panel discussing today's DJ topics. This show is brought to you by Beat Refinery DJ School at Bach to Rock. Learn how to mix, scratch, and make music by visiting BeatRefinery.com. We have school locations all across America. It's time for episode number 14. Um, I'm really excited for this episode. Uh, I don't know if people watching the show know, but most of my DJing nowadays are in the wedding and private events scene. Uh, I'm basically a retired club DJ who's evolved to running my own uh, single op company now for the wedding scene here in the DMV area. Uh, so on that note, we've invited some of the best DJs around the nation that are in the mobile DJ industry here tonight. And hopefully we can share some awesome knowledge and insights on DJing for weddings, corporate events, private parties, and what to expect for the future of it due to the current climate. But first, let me introduce the rest of my crew, my co-hosts. We got DJ as one. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back. What up, what up? Next up, we have Sean J. Yeah, yeah. What up, what up, what up? And finally, going to pass the microphone off to Stylus Chris. Take it away. What's up, y'all? We have a super talented show for tonight. We have some of my favorite DJs, guys that I've known, um, whether personally or just through the entertainment, the, the nightlife industry. We have uh, brought to, together a group that have transcended what it means to be a dj in the sense of the mobile and wedding inter industry where maybe 20 years ago that industry was looked at as a bunch of people that weren't necessarily the top-notch musical creators and it's it's completely evolved it into what djs consider a place to truly find a, a path and a living and still get to really love music do music so i'm so thankful to all of our Special guests tonight for being here with us. We like to run them down in alphabetical order. So we start off first with our brother from Pittsburgh, PA. He is practically a resident on this show, as he is at almost every club that he DJs at. It only takes one time for this guy to get to a club, and they're like, yo, when can you come back? Let's get back. He has residencies in D.C. and Pittsburgh and Tampa. He's constantly evolving. Um, he's... Pittsburgh Panthers, he's Pittsburgh Steelers, he is all over the map lately um, doing a bunch of talks, really helping DJs around the world um, kind of get through this COVID with 
his new branding of marketing and, and help and tutelage. Let's give it up for our brother, Digital Dave. <laughs> what up, what up? Yeah, man. Appreciate you, man. Thank you again for being here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Always happy to be on the show. Your resume got longer since last time, man. <laughs> no, every time he's got something even, else he's even, done. Even, even in a pandemic, I'm adding to my resume. So. <laughs> That's right. Never stop the wheels turning. And speaking of that, this guy I've known as a, in, the, in the business world uh, probably since the early 2000s, the first time I kind of caught up with this guy. He was making records on a label. Uh, that every DJ coveted back in those days. The first record came through the DJ hut. It was uh, an Aviate record. And we were like, yo, this record is dope. Who is this guy? And then we watched him uh, kind of parlay all of his musical and DJ talents into being uh, one of the premier wedding DJ lighting photo booth companies around. He's a music director for Big Night Entertainment Group, which operates the top nightclubs in New England. He's also esteemed instructor at the DJ and DJing at Berkeley College for Music in Boston. One of my favorite DJs to see rock. His name, DJ JD. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. And we'll, we'll have to get back into some of your other uh, things that we haven't touched on. Big ups to Remix Report. Remix, Remix awesome. Report. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lot, lot, you've accomplished a lot, my friend. We thank you for being here. Thank you. All right, next up, this guy was a beat refinery instructor. He is a, he's a beat refinery family member. He lives in the DMV, has co-owned and operated Mixing Maryland for the past eight years. Mixing Maryland has won several back-to-back -back Washingtonian and Wedding Wire awards and has DJed over 100 weddings a year. Kyle operates... And, uh, and his other occupations include head chef in his home kitchen, sneaker enthusiast and consumer, and proud dog dad to Jazz and Theo, our brother Little Rock. Hey! It's in Maryland. Down to Baltimore. True. Lots of W hats on tonight. I like it. I like it. Welcome, brother. All right, our next guest is an international DJ, music creator, and vibe creator. She works with international brands like Vogue, Nike, and Google. She likes to build with organizations and people that want to tell a story through music and events, and she believes music is a tool that is healing and elevating the world right now. We need more of that. We thank you for being here. Let's give it up, Chicago, Illinois' Megan Taylor. Hey, thank you so Yes. Yes. Hey, sound you. effects. Filter. <laughs> I'm the button guy. <laughs> really appreciate you being here with us, Megan. Thank you. Yes, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us. Guys and lady. Thank you. Yes. And last, certainly not least, Dallas, Texas bar scene is where he started his cutting teeth of the DJ world and joined... La Force Entertainment Nate's resume includes festival stages, working with celebrity athletes such as Lindsey Vaughn and Alex Rodriguez. He's performed opening sets for Little John, Waka Flocka, and Travis Scott. He brings a really high-energy club atmosphere to his weddings and corporate events, and is a key founder of Kings of Prom, festival-inspired 
School Dance Production Company. We want to talk about that later for sure. Let's give it up for Nate Nelson. What up? Welcome, bro. Yo. Well, as I said, we and Gio said, we have some illustrious guests. You guys have constantly elevating the DJ game, especially in the mobile entertainment world. Um, we appreciate you taking this time, and we want to just jump into some some fun questions. Let's just kind of bounce it around really quick, um, and just do a quick icebreaker. So, uh, just quick raise of hands. Who's done a wedding post COVID so far? I did one yesterday. Yesterday. Hey. All right. So that's the majority of us on here. That's really recent. <laughs> my, my, mine's yeah. coming up on the nineteenth. But yeah. Yeah, I got I got my first one this coming Friday. So yeah, I've had but, I've had two of my guys do do a wedding each, but not me yet. Not you. So based on what you guys say today, tonight uh, will will ultimately uh, be in my mind by uh, going into my next gig. So don't <laughs> don't scare me. Yeah, and it, and it's certainly um, it's wild to see how our industry is specifically was flipped upside down. Um, and how it all affects so many of us, not just in the sense of guys that go to a club every night or every week, that's your residency, but but those of us that have a laid out contract set months and months in advance and how not only are you just not getting a call that, hey, I'm not showing up to work tonight, It's it, there's other moving parts that go with, with a postponement and cancellation. And so it's a very unique occupation to have these times um what was the last wedding anybody did right before everything shut like down the day like the day like march 12th is what they say is the day yeah. that covid like took over the world i had a wedding like the 11th and so i remember like <laughs> i was in austin texas so i was driving home that day and never did i think that i wasn't gonna have my my wedding the next weekend or the next weekend or the next weekend and it just stopped yeah, yeah. mine was uh mine was march 7th i think like the week before Yep. And like my spring this year, obviously for everybody, it was stacked. I had weddings all through April, and man, it was that was rough. Like March fifteenth was yeah twelfth fifteenth. It got real rough real quick. <laughs> real quick. Mine was the thirteenth, and I'm showing up at the venue loading in, and I'm just getting blocks of emails from brides like just nonstop as I'm like loading things in, and I'm like, Ugh. uh. I would love to talk to you right now, <laughs> but I can't because I, there is a wedding happening right now. So I will deal with all of these brides tomorrow. And that has basically been my life ever since. That does not put you in a good mindset to go into a gig like that. That's crazy. That's the worst feeling ever. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, I, what I, I'm sorry, Megan. Megan, yes. Go ahead, Megan. Thank you. No, mine was uh, the end of February. So a long time ago, like no idea what was gonna happen but after that um my last corporate client was uh march 12th was united airlines and they're a big client of mine they do re repeated business but like they didn't want to shut down because they want people to fly so like but it was like doomsday like it had a really eerie feel for the whole thing oh and and the wedding was it um mid you say mid-february or last, last week in february last week okay so it was right up on it yeah and, yeah, and right up on it. when we were like you, you looking at the news in china you know yeah. no, it no, seemed no. far away still at that point so far away yeah so so out of our reality yeah what about you dave so i my last wedding was actually january 26th 
Um, I did not, my first March wedding was scheduled to happen the 28th. So that never happened. And, um, but I did actually have a gig that Friday. So in PA, everything closed Monday, the 16th. And I actually had a gig on the 15th, my weekly Sunday residency at a place called the flats. And we actually found out at like, I want to say eight or nine o'clock that we were closing at midnight because basically like the rule came down that, you know, the bars have to close at midnight on the 15th. And so literally the place is packed. I mean, it's the busiest Sunday in Pittsburgh. We're packed mid gig. And all of a sudden, like the owners find out, like we can't stay open till two, we have to close at midnight. So, um, yeah, that was my last last gig gig. I, I pushed it right up to the very end. But um, yeah, my last wedding was in um, back in January. Before. What was the last song you played that night, Dave? End of the Road by Boys and Men. <laughs> nice. I, I, am, I, I am not joking. I knew this shit was not going to be this two weeks or four weeks or six weeks. I literally played End of the Road by Boys and Men as my last song. And that's a uh, good selection. That's like a, a selection that nobody any, would really normally think of. The yeah. Any anybody else uh, when you're when it was your last gig, especially if it was like right up at the end, did anybody else play anything that was kind of apropos to the moment? Wow. No, I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not as uh, well curating as, <laughs> as Dave is. Like he, he thinks way in that. advance than more people. Dude. Well, Dave, Dave and I both—I uh, book a club here in DC called Heist, and Dave's a resident of ours that comes down a lot. And um, I was actually at Heist the, the last night when everything and the the GM managing partner Piero—he's he, got a family. One family member in Italy was a, a doctor, and the other one was a police officer. And it was like he was constantly in my ear showing me pictures and all this stuff like freaking me out while i'm trying to dj about like it's coming it's gonna get shut down and um so i was well i was well informed and my last song was prince 1999 i was like i'm gonna we're gonna party's over we're out of time <laughs> and certainly so we've certainly been feeling like the clock has stopped on us um for 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 any of you that have started um that did a wedding now on the other side of this so far um and I'll just kind of whoever wants to speak and we can just jump around any any major differences or emotional feelings anything different from doing that wedding like <laughs> on the other sure. side such a loaded question yeah this everything <laughs> uh, yeah all the way I've done six weddings now um, just in the past like four weeks since everything's gone down and um, I know we'll get into a lot of this later, but I would say the one thing that's really stood out is having these like preliminary meetings and talks with your couples. And they're like, you know, my biggest fear is that no one's going to dance at our wedding because we had to trim it down to 40 people and not all of them are young. A lot of them are older and they're not going to dance. So really just trying to make sure they're going to have the best night of their life. Whether five people dance instead of, you know, 50 the entire time is, is really as far as like a mood, you know, the one thing that you really have to understand as, as somebody who's working the most important night of their life. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's yeah, go ahead, Nate. My biggest fear going into my first wedding this coming weekend is like, man, that, that lack of people, because obviously that energy, yeah. the whole energy of the party feeds on the people, you know, and I've always hated doing small weddings, hated them. And I've already and experienced that. that this past Saturday for, for like the 
this past Saturday was my fourth wedding from since the lockdown, and it's like literally the the smallest wedding I've ever done ever in my whole life. It, it, it basically we had like I think it was like eighteen, nineteen people uh, as the final guest wow. total. And <laughs> I, how, how did how did I, dancing how did dancing go? Yeah, oh, I, I I Instagrammed it, man. Like I had like uh, I posted up saying, uh, "Oh man, it's, like I love the weddings. It's lots of social distancing and." and <laughs> And everybody's staying safe, but basically there was nobody on the dance floor. They set up a, a, a casino, uh, like in another in another part of the in another uh, tent. So basically, everybody just went over there, and like I'm just DJing for the bartender. Wow. <laughs> That that's how last night was for me. So last night was my ninth wedding back uh, wow. since since the shutdown. My first event back was actually a, a high school prom that was put on by parents. So, you know, high school kids going into 2020, not being able to have graduation ceremonies, not being able to have proms. And the parents, this was a private school, and the parents really wanted to do something for the kids still. So we ended up having like 120 guests. And this was uh, late April. I think it was like April 28th or something like that. So things were still um, very, very restricted. Like, And luckily, Dave and I have had many conversations about this, but Texas is like we're pretty much our own country. And so we kind of just like opened up uh, and we've been able to do kind of whatever we want. Luckily our team has been averaging about uh, 12, 12 weddings a weekend, uh, probably six or eight weeks uh, now. So um, we've been running at maybe a little bit under 50% capacity of what we usually run on a weekend. But um, last night's wedding was only 40 people. The clients were a little older and they didn't have anybody really under the age of 40. And she told me, they're not going to dance. And in my meeting with them, I said, okay, challenge accepted. But, um, it was one of the, one of the one times in my career that I, that my client has proved me wrong that I literally had like four people dance max the entire time last night. And it was, it's almost like a gut punch, you know, you just feel like you're, you know, you're better than that. But like these people just, I don't know. D- I didn't want to say DJing. lame. I just want to say chill. It was a chill way. DJing is a humbling profession, man. You, you, <laughs> can, you, can, you can literally in a 10-minute span go from on top of the world to being like, this, I should just stop doing this job. This job's not for me anymore. <laughs> the bad nights feel so real true. bad, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. It, can, I it can happen that quick, yeah. I haven't done any yet, like I mentioned, but one of my guys did one for me last weekend, so I, I ended up stopping by. It was actually pretty close to my house. I was like, this is like our first official wedding for the company. I got to go and at least like see what's going on. Yeah. And um, it was, there was definitely a, a decent younger crowd. It was probably more like 50 to 60 people, I'd say. But so I got there at like half an hour before the end of the night. And um, there were people on the dance floor, but they were all just like standing there. There were probably like 15 people there, but they were all like just in almost like a dance circle, but no one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> like just like little groups just standing there like so they were like there like vibing a little bit but they definitely were not like full out dance party so i i think they were giving a, a little bit of reaction and things like that so it's not like there was no feedback from the audience which is like the worst right when that doesn't happen but um yeah it was different it was definitely different so the the crazy part about last night for me was being at my ninth one back is that the previous eight had all been absolute ragers and last night was the smallest like literally every wedding i've done up to last night has been at least 150 guests and you may see five or six people on the dance floor with a mask but everybody else is like 
just going straight up like and the 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 comforting part is it almost feels like life is almost normal again in that moment you know what i mean like it really you're just like so excited for the next one because people have been locked up they want to celebrate they want to have fun and uh, it's just so hard when you get in a moment and people are drinking and to like we can all be that stickler that runs around and say put your mask on but like how do you regulate 150 different people that are running around doing different things and I'm just the DJ over here. Like I'm not in charge of this party, you know. I don't get paid enough to tell people. Yeah, either Matt, <laughs> right? Matt, Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> are you so, making Nate? Are you making your DJs wear masks during the wedding? We are. So uh, our company policy is that they wear a mask when they arrive at our warehouse to pick up any gear that they have to get. They have to wear a mask riding together with any of their staff members. So if they're not. Um, someone that's in close contact and it's just one of our road crew guys is picking up. They have to wear masks in the vehicle on the way to the event together. And then they wear the mask all through setup. They wear their mask up until introductions. If they're out on the dance floor by themselves doing the intros and things like that, we allow them to take their mask off. Uh, and then we have kind of set up barriers from our dance floor to put, um, typically we would space things out so that you look like you have a nice clean setup, but we've been trying to ask our guys to move their speakers in closer to kind of block people from getting to them. So you can kind of give that six feet of space so that they can be back there. Cause you guys know if you're in the moment and you're rocking and jamming, wearing a mask when you're amped up and having fun is just no fun. You're sweating. You can't breathe all those things. So we, we haven't strictly enforced that. So. That's a great question. I was I was curious about that myself. What about uh, mixing Maryland? What about your uh, the the company policies? <laughs> Since I'm about to go on a run. Funny art. Uh, why must you ask? <laughs> I'm doing a wedding for mixing Maryland on the night. Yeah. <laughs> read the company wide email art. <laughs> Shots fired. Hey, oh man, I gotta go. Right, you didn't, we didn't send one out, or did we? <sighs> Uh, so similar to what Nate was saying, basically everything he said, uh, I don't want to have to be redundant here. Um, but I think what's hard, um, in our area, I know you mentioned Texas kind of being its own kind of country or if Koo was here, he'd say Texas going to Texas. Texas going to be I'm from Arkansas. So originally, so I'm, I'm familiar, but with Maryland, it's really tough for us because as you know, not, not, not only do every County have their own phases that they're going through and also regulations, but we have obviously Northern Virginia and DC, um, and sometimes Pennsylvania and Delaware for that matter to, um, to navigate. So every, not only every week is different, but every day can be different and checking in with, you know, your contacts at these venues to stay consistent and, um, not to throw Sean's laundry out there, but we had him on the Eastern shore about a month ago doing a wedding. And I think it was your first wedding back, Sean, or second. Actually, that was the third one. That back. was the third one. Um, you go ahead. On the eastern shore of Maryland, and if you're not familiar with the eastern shore of Maryland, that's basically, you know, everything else, right? So, like, a lot All of country. It's, it's where the country is. And not only that, I think, Sean, half of your wedding's family was from Florida. Oh, yeah. yeah. And still no, they sorry, were that, one, that one was the first one back. Corona is not real. <laughs> so you had a lot of real cross the How was it? Oh, okay. <laughs> you had a lot of anti-maskers, and you had a, a Sean kind of in the middle of like, you know, this isn't my job to enforce this, but I also have to do my job. And the venue is telling me to remind people to put on their mask when they're doing etc. And then you, uh, Sean got sneezed on. Oh, father of the bride. Yeah. 
So I had to, so to go back to art, what you're saying is like Mm -hmm. just a reminder to all of our DJs. Like we do have in our contract and when we put it in there, we weren't thinking pandemic, but we were thinking if you're ever not able to do your job for whatever reason, you have the right to put up your hands and be like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. And more so that was in there for like more violent situations. (laughs) (laughs) More than like somebody I'm getting sneezed on, yeah, getting <laughs> sneezed on, you know, which I think, uh, you know, if you do this industry long enough, you're going to see everything, uh, you know, you have seen a violent situation geared towards you at some point <laughs> with a lot of alcohol involved and family members. Um, and so I had to remind Sean, you know, like you have not only a uh, responsibility to you, your wife at home and your family, but you also have a responsibility to the couple that I book you on next weekend. So if you get sneezed on, you're not you not only are you doing yourself like okay. a, 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 a disjustice you're, you're not <laughs> only screwing yourself up there <laughs> my wife's a communication major not only are you are you messing yourself up there but now you're putting us in a tough spot next week where i'm like hey client sean can't dj your wedding because he wasn't careful enough last week and we booked sean you know a year in advance so that's kind of like what we tell our DJs. It's like, you not only be safe for yourself, but be safe because we have people relying on you for next week. Well, and you, and you, also, and you know, the rule in DJing is it's always the DJ's fault. So no if, matter what happens. if Sean, if Sean got, got sick from the week before, and even if it was nothing he could avoid, it's, it's still going to be his fault. That's, that's the way it goes. I got a question, actually. If you, actually, know, if you, Kyle, if you Kyle, don't play our request next, we're going to sneeze on you. <laughs> oh, man, don't put that in the universe. Now they know. <laughs> but, Kyle, real quick, real, real quick. Um, basically, like, uh, a lot of your weddings since the lockdown, has it been, like, all, mostly Maryland? Did, or, or did you start it out, like, Virginia? Um, I don't. Virginia was the one that, that opened up earlier. And I'm going to Virginia next. Uh, uh-uh. That's what I That's what yeah. I. We don't have we have Virginia first, and then this past week was my first. Yeah, I don't think we've had a Virginia yet. I know we had a DC one with QB Premonition. Obviously, was at a wedding there, and the again, like the regulations in DC, I think are the most uh, most restrictive right now. So I was gonna say, I'm surprised you even had a DC one. Yeah, so when he showed up, he obviously the whole nine, you know, get his temperature checked a couple every time. I think he re-entered, he had to get his temperature checked, um, and then I think he had to remind people that's excessive 10 people on the dance floor at a time i think is what he would wow. he was telling us afterwards um and so we've done dc we've done montgomery county which was like <laughs> ground zero for covid in maryland because we have like a big uh, population of elderly I, I would assume that's why so we've done a lot of montgomery county weddings um and then we've done eastern shore the most in the past month i would say where you're going to have a lot a lot of people more careless and actually two weeks before we did our first wedding i went down there to help a friend do a wedding so i did a little bit of recon <laughs> i was like let me just let me see how safe people are being and not being so that you know we can do a little bit of research for ourselves and our team Sure. In terms of Eastern Shore, were these events more um, venues or were these private residences? Uh, So venues, venues. Um, The one that I did recon on uh, was a was a private. um, But Sean was at uh, the Oaks Waterfront Inn, which is a a, one of the bigger venues out there. One of the yeah more established companies that runs that. Yeah, and then I've been at Tidewater twice, which is owned by Chesapeake Bay Beach Club, which is another a bigger one on the Eastern Shore. Um, 
one of those kind of if, if you're not from the area not necessarily a wedding factory but oh big, yeah yeah as yeah. close as you can get as yeah. close as you can get without being like oh you got receiving quality Anybody working there calls it the wedding factory because you, you're, you're doing one and then you see all these other people. You're yeah. like, who the hell are those guests? They're like, there's, they're not in your party. You're like, oh. There's like, there's <laughs> they're like, like in the building right next door. There's like three or four different sites in that, in that whole property. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It's like a compound for wedding. Probably the answer where you're going with that is like, you know, we have a relationship with these venues, you know, and we're a preferred vendor there. So like we have to do what they say, you know, and, and we have to kind of, you know, play it the way they're playing it. And so that's when everything went down and people are reaching out to me and Ryan, who's my co-owner in the company who art and Sean, and I think Gio, you know, um, they're asking us like, what do we do? And we follow suit with the venue. They're the most important vendor in a, situation like this because they're the ones responsible for your food a lot of times and your seating with all these guests and so we have to kind of follow suit with them because if they have the regulations now megan one second sean okay one second sean i just wanted to ask megan did you say that you were um you did a wedding just recently to yourself no i haven't done any so my next my first so chicago's like um kind of pretty strict and I, all, I was booked like every Saturday, but they're a larger wedding. So they all pretty much jumped to 2021. 20, and um, I ended up like losing some because they were like double booked. So I had to like yep. bring somebody else, which like was such a bummer because they were just really good clients. Um, the thing that I have done that's interesting is um, I have curated some weddings. So like I've done some playlists and some like made some music for like people wanting to do micro weddings, like dinner and, uh-huh. and really not much dancing, but... I kind of help them create the vibe for that, and then I'll do their wedding um, next year, which is interesting. And I have some um, coming up, like in November and December. And what's interesting that I think about this whole new wedding, and in Chicago they're going to be small, so it's it's just it's just a different vibe. But I think, and Dave and I like we like to talk about like the cocktail music, the dinner music, like. I think it's a really interesting time to really create a different people can pay attention to the music in a different way. And so I'm more interested in, in like sort of letting go of like this big dance party and really think of music in as a, a different experience and in, in a different way. So that's kind of the conversations I've been having with my um, upcoming wedding clients. And it's funny, it's funny you talk about like that too, because I have a, one of the newest guys that I train because I train everybody on our team. And last night he was my assistant and I'm talking about the wedding that was chill. There was really no dancing. And he's like, well, what do you do if you're, if you had this whole vibe that you were going to try to bring the energy up? And it's like, this is, this is what crowd reading is all about. And like really curating lists for people that they can have the best time of their life and not dance. Yeah. And still, as DJs, you're still curating that entire yeah. atmosphere and that entire vibe. And so he really got to see it from a different perspective because he usually never sees wedding where there's no dancing and such like that. So, he, you know, our whole ride home last night, he was talking about, well, how do you know? And how do you, you know, you, you just, you got to know music and you got to really kind of be able to, the hours you know, in. really dig into people and analyze people's body language, really. And it, it's cool that you're doing that, Megan. I really like yeah, no thanks. And I think it's like managing clients' expectations. Like I like if I ever do like a Sunday brunch wedding or a smaller wedding, I just like am super real. And like I said, you know, like the if your dance floor is like empty, you guys go dance and drink and like come back. Like it's still awesome. So like I have that conversation with them and kind of know where their heads at and what their expectations are. 
And it just allows me to like feel way more just like in tune with myself and what where we're headed going into these events that are like super different, you know. Yeah, I think managing the expectation is is the biggest key to the whole situation for sure, like you said. And uh, while I haven't DJed any weddings, I did DJ my first like nightlife event last uh, Saturday, and uh, it was at this place called Scorpion Bar at Foxwoods, uh, which is a casino up here. And um, so obviously, like capacity there is super reduced. Uh, they're doing like tables on the dance floor. Everybody has to stay at their table. Um, and no one is really supposed to dance at all. Okay. So it's kind of like that curating the whole atmosphere. And like, I've been putting my other guys there for like the last two months, and I've been hesitant to actually put myself in because at first I wanted to give them some work, but I didn't. I didn't know how I really felt about just jumping into that uh, either, because you know it's so different. But uh, I definitely took that that kind of view of the curation and mm-hmm. like mixing mixing stuff in key for a lot longer and like fitting in songs that I wouldn't normally fit in that mix. And, um, I mean, I probably gave out more cards at that gig than I've given out at a lot of gigs in a, in a while. So, um, it ended up being a lot of fun. Actually, the first two and a half hours really just creating that vibe, like dinner, uh, transition from dinner into more like nightlife bar. And then we did turn up for like a good hour, you know, got into WAP and all the all the fun stuff <laughs> for a little while and then kind of turned it back down. And the, the one good thing, though, because at this venue, due to the circumstances, we have to like we can't really encourage craziness. We can't encourage them to rage and like really get into <laughs> dancing. So the one good thing is you don't have a dance floor to lose. So you can go crazy. You can play like a few hip hop heaters in a row. And then when you see them like kind of bubbling a little too much, you're like, you know what? Let me bring it down a notch where normally we'd be losing the dance floor in that moment. It doesn't do that. They like get a chance to recalibrate, talk for a minute instead, drink their, their big giant drink with their friends. And then you get back into to some heat after that. And it, it helps you really kind of get that ebb and, ebb and flow of the energy without yeah, without losing the dance floor, which that was an interesting Jason, for me to experience do, myself. Uh, do you do a lot of like uh, cocktail style receptions? I guess would, would would used to be the term where it was not necessarily like a like a structure where you know you use this, then sit down dinner, and then dancing. Have you done like a lot of kind of free flowing dance if you want to grab a cocktail if you want to type? Not a lot, a few, but definitely definitely more traditional style. We've seen, we've seen a lot more of that in Dallas uh, of the cocktail style receptions because yeah. of food things and having different timings. Like, so we see a lot more earlier receptions starting now at three or four in the afternoon mm-hmm. instead of the six or seven, because it gives people the option to come and mingle and have a good time with someone, but not expect to have a dance floor because of restrictions. And that's locally in Dallas County. Now, Dallas Dallas Fort Worth area is huge and we've been fortunate enough why we have so many events going on is because we have a ton of venues on the outside of Dallas and the sticks that don't have the same restrictions as we do locally here in DFW. So, right. Megan, Megan said something that I I loved is the, um, the, the brunch weddings. I don't know if you guys have done brunch weddings. Brunch weddings are the most fun weddings to me. I did Absolutely. I did a new Orleans uh, last year. I did a new Orleans style brunch wedding 
with our girl Danielle. Shout out to Danielle Magnolia Bird Productions. She, um, we did a New Orleans style brunch wedding. The food is the best by far because it's brunch food, and okay. and people are just much more pleasant when they're day drunk than they are night drunk. Mm, and, that makes you know, sense, dude. Yeah, and it's like the music selections. You can be so much more eclectic. Um, it's just a different energy. And I got a question for you, Krista. The only thing that kills it for me, though, is it's so is it if it's light out, like if it's bright. Right. Like, does it not matter to you? That's the only so, thing that sometimes because I like things dark. This feels awkward. So, so it was um, the ones that I've done were tented, which definitely helps so that you're just not like completely blaring. But um, I think also that also it, it depends on um, the mood of the music too. Like you're not going to be able to to play some festival style stuff generally at you know 1 p.m but you can rock some really dope motown stuff or you know like i said it was a new orleans like, like, like you're not dropping the carnage remix of rock <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're reaching for the 12 minute reflex <laughs> as play this because you can let that ride and people are like i like this i'm gonna go with you go with you on the journey my favorite thing that you guys just hit on is as opposed to being afraid, and this is kind of my big takeaway after starting to get back into the season for the year, is setting the expectation at the very beginning was the way I got over a lot of that paranoia that Jason is was talking about. And for me, coming into the venue with the perspective of, hey, I'm going to take control of this situation. I've done... 13 years of DJing, I know my way around a dance floor, I know my way around some turntables, I can do things differently than I would in a club environment. So my favorite part of that club environment or lounges is the first hour where you're just getting people used to what it, the rest of the night's going to be. Mm -hmm. This is a really great opportunity for us as DJs to set the expectation for our existing clients and future clients that are feeling a little bit more paranoid that you can have a great time and not necessarily have a rager. If you want to go for the rager, there's things that we can do guest count wise to make sure that's as safe as possible. But people don't have to be afraid of having a small party. They can enjoy the music and enjoy themselves just as much. I love that this is a thing that we're talking about and other DJs watching this that might be afraid of stepping back into the, to the swing of things. Take that home with you too. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wrote down, I wrote down as you guys were talking and even before you, you mentioned it, but you know, we've been mentioning cocktail and dinner music and like Dave and I, we, we talk about this all the time, how much we love that, that time of the night, whether it's a live cocktail setting um, if you're at a wedding, I do a lot of really high-end weddings where there's a band and sometimes they'll use me for a cocktail and then as an after party and you, you just, you get a lot of variance there. And with dinner music, it's, it's a time that you can actually connect to your, to the guests in, in a way yes. that builds the confidence in you for them when you're going to the dance floor. And, and a lot of guys, we know whether they're, you know, busy doing other things during the wedding or just want to mail it in. They just throw on a, a, a playlist for dinner where to me dinner, I want to play that live. I love playing dinner live because it really gets you to, to connect with them and you can, you can certainly use those times. And so anybody else, like I know we, Megan, you mentioned it, Dave, tell, tell us a little bit about um, your recent. Well, you know, it's funny cause I had a, um, I'll never forget this event. It was a corporate event and I was playing dinner at it and um, had this guy come up and uh, I think it was the, um, 
hypnotic hypnotic brass ensemble version of uh of spotty by you know the mm-hmm. outcast cover yeah love and, that one. And, it, and i and i play that and this guy comes up and he's like yo what is this who who did this and you know i tell him and i had a young younger kid an assistant with me and so you know guy walks away and then you know i play uh, i think i played one of those paul anka covers chris that you you actually originally turned me on to those yeah. and um and someone else comes up and they're like, what is this? And then I played a, uh, I have a cool like Latin soul version of cover of Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics. Um, it's, it's, you know, resung. It's by a group called Setenta. And uh, I played that and someone else came up and there was a fourth person came up, literally four people in one dinner came up and, and complimented or asked about the dinner music. And this assistant sitting there and he's looking at me and he's like, is, is this for real? Like hey, you had four people compliment the dinner music. And I'm like, this is like, like legit a time to do stuff that people will pay attention to and be like, Oh, that's so dope. Rather than playing something they've heard a million times before. So dinner is really, I've always felt like, especially a time to be, to be you because you don't have that, um, you, you don't have that situation where you're, you're worried about a dance floor and kind of to JD's point, uh, something I've talked about over the past year, I've gotten more and more into educating education and, and done one-on-one education. And I've done uh, spoke at some conferences. And one thing I've really always stressed to young DJs to JD's point about getting all the business, uh, ask for all the business cards uh, on Saturday is that, when you're an individual like and you play stuff whether it's during dancing whether it's during cocktail hour dinner music that people don't know that's when you know or 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 people weren't expecting like that's what makes you a, a good dj to them and that's what draws someone in versus you basically acting like a human jukebox like because anybody can act like a human jukebox and and so that's not impressive to people and people being like, Oh shit, what's this song? Or I never expected to hear this or, or this cover of this song. You know, that's, that's what gets you future clients. Um, to go back to the wedding uh, topic. Um, I, cause I, I never actually got to mention what my experience, I guess, so far is I've had two private events, uh, two weddings and a small handful of, we tried to open for like two weeks bars in PA and, and that, got closed down um but uh as far as my private events go my first two private events which were both before the weddings both ended up extending two hours each um my two weddings both had three hours like slated for dancing and they both uh ended up having all three hours of dancing like i was a little i i wasn't didn't expect people to not dance but i was a little nervous about the are people going to dance for three hours because sometimes at even any wedding like that's Mm -hmm. pushing the envelope a little bit but um both weddings had a dance floor for the entire three hours and um but it was ironic the it was like a tale of two weddings one wedding was like uber careful like they were taking covid precautions that weren't even uh, you know, put out there by government <laughs> officials or health policy, you know, officials. And then the other wedding acted like COVID didn't exist. Like it was just complete opposite ends of the spectrum at the two weddings. And, and I feel like to some extent, you don't, you don't even know what you're going to get into uh, until you get to the wedding and, and, and see what's there. I mean, I wore a mask at both of them, uh, you know, but, 
both of them had dance floors. And even the one that was very careful, by the time dancing was going on, most of those guests did take their mask off for dancing. So that's, that's been my experience thus far. Now, I'm wondering, um, and you guys can just jump it around really quickly. Um, are, you, uh, are you anticipating no holiday season this year? Like most of us, especially in Megan, I know you're like me, you do a lot of corporate events. Dave, I know you do a bunch of corporate events. Um, the, the holiday time is like, it's Santa Claus time. It, December is to me the, the moniker of if you're not busy in December and you've got to rethink your business plan for next year because most DJs that are private event mobile DJs are crushing December. Anybody, anybody got any insight to that? Like what you think is going to happen this year? I mean, I honestly, I was going to say, I don't have high hopes for it because because it, with businesses, there's the additional uh, step that there's the, uh, the, the the issue of being concerned of, um, you know, liability. They're liable for their employees. Right, right. Yeah. right. So, so I think that's going to scare off businesses. You know, I think a wedding or a private event's a little different, but, you know, I've already talked to some of my regular businesses and you know they don't seem to have high hopes for for things happening in 2021 or in pardon me in 2020 yeah megan yeah i did all that you know like facebook i do their holiday party and they they're not even they're not even going to the office till june of 2021 you know so i know like it i'm just not expecting it and um but so but what, what i am doing is um, I'm partnering up with some other vendors and we're thinking about doing some sort of cool, I mean, virtual is not the same, but it is something. So we're try trying to put these, you know, party in a boxes together and think of something that we can, um, cause they're going to want to do something, you know, I think so. Like, how can we still, how can musically can I still serve the client in some aspect? So I got a question, Megan, if, if you're going to play Facebook's party, you're going to do it on Facebook live and are they going to mute you and kick you off? <laughs> Great question. Oh, <laughs> once October first comes around, nice. I think I'll have to you can, you can, Megan. You can be the D nice of Facebook. Oh, there you go. All rules, uh, nothing applies. Yeah. So, just a little comparing and contrasting as far as December goes. We were looking at our numbers today, and we're about one hundred sixty thousand down from where we were last year in December. And we did have a lot of weddings move to December, which we're fortunate for. So a lot of our guys are working, but our corporate is like non-existent right now. So usually we start getting those calls around this time of year. And we're, we're usually reaching out in September, um, trying to say, Hey, you know, we did your party last year. Are you still interested in booking the same guy this year? Um, so it's, I mean, it's not looking promising. Um, I think the biggest thing Dave hit it on the head is that companies know that they are going to be liable for their employees at the event, especially if they're all working from home and then they want to try to get together and do something and one person shows up because they don't want to miss the party and they have their asymptomatic and then the entire company goes down. It's, it's crazy. So that'd be a bad look for sure. A real bad look. I know up here <laughs> yeah. in Connecticut, like the indoor numbers are still going to probably be 25 or maybe 50 for events in December. So yeah, there's very little hope. And we were we were talking about it on a couple of our episodes in the last weeks that the the Zoom party thing has kind of died down a, a bit. Like there was a lot of opportunity, I think, early in the year 
where companies were like, hey, will you DJ for us for a Zoom or do something? Get our get our company fit. Let, let do like a dance party workout. They're all stuck at home. But they we've had the whole summer and people are out and they're moving. And that kind of novelty is a bit worn off. But it'll be interesting to see at least especially in the northern Chicago, Connecticut, Texas. You're going to always probably be pretty warm. But where we here in the northeast and and places where it gets cold gets cold and everybody kind of gets stuck back inside again will that that desire to have the zoom parties will they start it back up well i could see i could see and and you guys could talk on this a bit geo i, I want you to speak would it on be this. more popular you know coming up in the winter would be you know because like the zoom party was a big thing during the lockdown but do you think there there's going to be more uh more demand for it for the win or, or or much less than than it was during lockdown i feel I like up here in the northeast all in connecticut i think i've been thinking about reaching out to some schools because i don't do a ton of school work but i do some and i've been thinking about reaching out to them with some packages for that because a lot of the schools up here are still doing either fully remote or hybrid so i they're definitely not going to do big in-person dances at all um and i think yeah once and once it gets cold, it's going to feel like a lockdown all over again. The summer feeling is going to go yeah. way far away. <laughs> so yeah. who do yeah. school events here? Jason and Nate? Uh, yeah, we do. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I do some too, but not not the le- near the level Nate does. And yeah, def- um, something that we got roped, I don't want to say roped, but invited into doing at the beginning, uh, I guess it was, uh, towards the end of the spring semester for seniors and juniors was a photographer, um, put together a virtual prom, but I, her angle at it was a way to harvest emails because a lot of her, uh, clients are seniors, uh, get doing yeah, doing senior uh, portraits. So she was like, you know, I want to do something because I have a sibling that's, you know, in this age and I want to do something with all the surrounding schools. So she was able to put together a virtual prom and then use it as a way to gather emails for, you know, seniors that were incoming seniors that were going to need portraits and then shared that list with us. So unless zoom or one of these other you know platforms makes it a little bit more fun and engageable to do a virtual event i think like that's just a great angle to get into it's just more incoming clients for you know when these people get engaged four or five ten years from now whatever yeah it's it's really hard for it's really hard to engage teenagers via internet zoom any kind of social platform because they always feel like they're too cool for what even may be the norm if it is a social thing like yeah tiktok is going to be something that if we can figure out how to this is the problem with tiktok is you can't go live until you have the certain amount of followers and all the things so you can't you can't engage with them the way you want but if you were trying to get seniors to go jump in and do a, a virtual dance party with you at a high school right uh we did a virtual prom um that we had we looked at analytics and like 90 percent of our people that watched it were over the age of 20 because it was a live national thing that we did Same. and Same. nobody in their age demographic wanted to watch it so i think that's going to get even worse um 
quick quick story, but I want to connect it into that point specifically. Uh, my wife is a therapist, and she works predominantly with uh, teenagers and younger kids. And as of the as of right now, we're at the very beginning of the school year, and everybody's going back into school, either fully virtual or hybrid. So. Uh, something she told me today. It was or face to face, like Texas. There you go, Texas going Texas. We're gonna four. So what my Let's wife go. told me. Four out of four kids today, specifically four out of four kids said, "Okay, can we just have some time in the therapy session where it's just quiet time?" Um, and we were talking about it over dinner, and she said the reason why is because even though we're at the very beginning of this school year, we've heard people that are adults with corporate jobs talking about this for months now but the kids are already worn out by spending eight hours in front of a camera yeah you're opening files like a first grader being told open your math homework yeah this is gonna be a thing that i'm sure by the time we get to prom season 2021 everybody's gonna be over it yeah i think that's a that's a great that's a great point sean i think that's probably nate why you're having a hard time when you're saying like kids don't want to engage in that's because they're literally spending for them zoom is synonymous with schoolwork now it's not it's not fun and that's exactly that's Uh, certainly oh we just hit we just pretty much figured that one out (laughs) I, i was gonna say too i honestly even with corporate clients and companies I'm not saying companies aren't going to try to do this, and I have done a few Zoom parties, but I, I still don't think it translate. I, I feel it translates well. I feel like the numbers, even of people watching DJ streaming, even the DJs that had good followings, those numbers are going down. And I think even when people are cooped up inside, I think people are just sick of virtual. And I, I think they're just, I'm not saying a company's not going to give it a try or a school's not going to give it a try. Um, and I'm by no means discouraging anyone from trying it, but I just don't have realistically high hopes for it. From my perspective on the, the school thing too, you know, I kids want crazy songs, right? They want the craziest stuff that, that, Sometimes when you're at a dance, if you have the clean version, you might be able to sneak it in. It's got to be super inappropriate or they don't want to, they don't care. Right. (laughs) But you might be able to sneak it in in person because you're cool with the administrators or whatever, you know, like they're going to be okay with it. Like it's the clean version anyway, like whatever. But when their parents are there watching the Zoom, you can't get away with any There's of that. some whores in like, this house. There's some and it's whores recorded. in this house. And it's yeah. recorded and they can go back and watch it again. And then they're like, oh, you did this. Like, you know, they're not, they don't have video cameras on us in live in-person events. And Talk about now everything is, yeah, completely recorded. So, so yeah. I don't do any kid parties, but I do. I have done some virtual parties for some corporate clients. And what it's ended up turning more into, and the, the ones that are successful, it's like, like it's, I do this happy hour thing for a big consulting firm around the U.S., so it kind of brings everyone together and, but I just end up being like this giant jukebox, which is like kind of fun because people will engage in music, but it's not, it's not like me. Like I kind of end up being like, it's the way to engage and everyone throws out songs and they like love to watch me like mix them in, but it's such a different, it's just such a different animal, you know, it's just such a different, it, it, its purpose is so different too, which I think is good. And you kind of have to let go of like, you know what you what I want in some ways too. So I'm just trying to navigate it and figure out too, and how to make some like money off the and make you know with these clients that we had before. 
I, I actually did a kids uh, Zoom party, like, like kids, kids, like a birthday party. And uh, when the client contracted me for it, I was kind of like, well, how how are we going to like make this work and make this fun for, for the kids? And so what we ended up doing, we ended up talking through it. So I'd play like, I got kind of a request list from the kids and I'd play a song and then I'd spend a little bit of time kind of showing the kids uh, how to do something in DJ, whether it be an effect on the mixer, whether it be scratching, um, you know, mixing different things. And so I'd kind of, you know, and that does, it still doesn't last too long. We probably only did it about 45 minutes, but it would kind of be play a song, teach something about DJing. And that kept the kids a little more, you know, engaged and was able to, to make it a little longer. And then I did this because the uh, client was a, a friend of mine and an event planner, uh, and it was her daughter's birthday. So for the finale, I had the brilliant idea of shooting off my uh, confetti cannon in my uh, studio, in my home studio, which I still am like- Oh, no. I, still, I still cleaning that up, aren't you, Dave? Yes. Oh, yeah, but I was like, this is like someone that's, I'm like, you know, it's like a- you know, friend is a planner. I'm like, I, I got to do something for, you know, the daughter's birthday. So yeah, I'm <laughs> still cleaning better, that Dave. up. I'm still cleaning that up. Oh my Committed God. to the gig. Forget all that. <laughs> I also like a costume party. I did a costume party and I was like, wait, like, you know, it was like a, a live, like, um, you know, ape dancing. So no one knew who anybody was. So then they would like let loose. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like 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 the mask singer like the party version oh boy yeah and i brought someone with me that would spotlight the different people so like it wasn't even on me and it was just like pure and then their animals were dancing so that seemed to work that Both definitely cool. works it's, if you're gonna that, that's certainly a way to clear the inhibitions for sure <laughs> so this and, is and if little... you guys do get go ahead dave now, I was going to say, this is a little off topic, but does anyone know, like, are we going to get to have Halloween because everyone wears masks? Like, no. it's 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 the holiday made for COVID. Like, really, yeah. if there's Ooh. one holiday that was made for COVID, it's Halloween. So I'm do you want to be the person it. at your it's house? Gonna the, it's going to be the first dance floor where everybody's going to be wearing a mask. No, it won't. Well, Halloween <laughs> won't happen because there's no way people are going to want, you know, 300 asymptomatic carrying kids coming up to their door wanting candy. It's just not going to happen. I'll say this. Every, in general, every, everyone's going to have the please take one bowl out. out oh, the yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like. Halloween's going to last 25 minutes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have kids, but as far as I've seen, Halloween in the last 20 years especially has taken a, like just a huge downturn. After 9-11, like, I don't know. I just remember in the 90s, like, my neighborhood was filled with kids. I meant filled like kids all over the place and now you go out and where i live people are doing these like uh uh you know trunk or uh, treats sanctioned you trunk know in the treat. building trick or treat with everything you know there's chaperones everywhere and like i didn't want my mom with me when i was trick-or-treating <laughs> no every everybody's got to like be watched and the candy's got to be gone through and i get that like i said i'm not a parent but i just i think the spirit of halloween to me has seemed in general just to just gone downhill since it's turned to a to, to an adult like excuse to go out and wear scantily clad costumes i've got a halloween wedding schedule and i don't know that yeah. they're going to reschedule unless they have no choice because the other option for them is to wait an entire calendar year for halloween 21 or or, or if they want a saturday halloween wedding to wait uh like 
six, Ten more six years. calendar six years. Yeah, right. <laughs> calendar years. Oh man. The, the reason the reason kids don't have fun like that is because all the people you're talking about are all of Clubland age now, and they're taking all the fun. Because <laughs> Halloween lasts for like three weeks in Clubland. It's like especially true. if it falls yeah, on like a facts. Wednesday, before, you've got it like the week before, the week after. Let's do it again. Let's let's. Should I've had I've had years where I've legit DJed probably six club Halloween parties in one year, like like two weekends and then two service industry parties. Yeah, it's Chris. Is, I forgot we were right talking about adults. I just I was thinking about. I was I was I've always said the the best thing to do would be like a DJ swap shop of like all the DJs get together, throw all the costumes that you have in the middle, and just like take five different ones that you've never had because my gosh, the amount of like. Yeah. Random costumes sitting in the in the garage is yeah because you gotta you gotta keep it different <laughs> and you can't wear it. it's once and it's one and done one and done so I actually have a rule because I usually do even in a slow year I usually have like three club gigs so I pick whatever like my biggest Halloween club gig is and I buy a new costume for that and then the other Halloween club gigs get like recycled costumes you have an excel sheet of what what you wore every year i I have enough (laughs) i have enough club costumes that i mean i I probably have like 10 costumes so i can wear stuff i haven't worn for three years i got like lumberg from office space i got the dead mouse head i got the marshmallow head i got the um uh the, the one year i did vincent vega um you know, I got I got a nice Pitbull. I got a nice little Oh yeah, Pitbull is that. Yes, I have that you don't really to give that really Excel spreadsheet to like keep track of of, of costume. You just look at your Facebook history. You know all the club photos from right. the nightclubs. So you'll you'll see you'll see them in your memories again. But um, right now, folks. We are almost done with this show. Uh, time is almost up for the episode. But first, we have to do one more segment before we close out the show. So we have students tuning in to this podcast. So we always like to teach them a few tips, tips and tricks to this DJ game. So we're going to end the show off with DJ Aswan's DJ tip of the week. If you're ready, Art, take it away. Uh, okay, yeah. So um, I came up with this one kind of just before the, um, the shooting here in terms of uh, I kind of have a list of tips in a thing and uh, we, were, we were doing we're talking about weddings and doing mobile gigs and this one fit the bill. So real quick, I'm going to share my screen guys. Uh, let's just do the whole desktop there. And um, <laughs> so we're going to start off oh, with this lovely like- photo of uh, some acres of land, okay? So imagine, ladies and gentlemen, that you are one of us, you're a mobile DJ, and you are at this lovely private event where they are having ceremony at the bottom of the hill where the horses are. <laughs> and there's a, and there's, there's a lovely fence and all this, but then you ask the owner of the home or the venue, whoever, uh, whomever at the venue, where is the closest power outlet? And they go, oh, well, we didn't think about that. Uh, the closest outlet is in, at the home, right? You're, you're sitting there like, oh, okay. So either um, you should have asked, you should probably should have figured that out before you got to the event. But in any case, just to quickly talk about one kind of life DJ hack that um, I figured out last year. Uh, and this is not something that I, I came up with. Uh, this is just something that I think anybody in the industry who's, who's come across the 
uh, the issue has tried to figure out a situation. So if I load up this Amazon page real quick, you're going to look at a uh, a battery charger. This battery portable battery charger is designed to, as you can see, jumpstart a car. So you can jumpstart a, a dead car with this. This particular one uh, is on Amazon right now for $88. Uh, let's go down real quick. And uh, we have, it's 40, it's, wait, what's the number? 44,000 MWH, right? So what is MWH? MWH is a megawatt. So you're looking at something that can power a car. So surely it should be able to power a speaker. So you buy one of these, couple it with something, say, like that, uh, under five, ten bucks, and you basically have a portable, um, I guess, um, power unit to power what you can power with this. Uh, and it will last, especially if the battery's fully charged, it'll last over an hour. You could power your, your uh, PA speaker, um, wired microphone, or I'm sorry, uh, your wireless mics, and uh, your mixer if you need to. Those three things are pretty much kind of what you might need to cover a ceremony. So, um, yeah, just giving you guys, throwing that out there, portable, um, portable power through the use of... Hey, hey, uh, quick, quick, quick question. As, uh, Yes. And, and is this something that you have, have uh, has this been field tested like and, and run through a, a ceremony and, and worked for, for like an entire half hour? Is this been this field is tested? This the exact same thing that I did for my wedding. Yes, this has been field tested. Um, and again, that it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things you're like, man, that's I, I get what you're saying, because it's like you're a little uncertain because you don't want it to die. But again, this thing will power that those three devices for at least for like over an hour and a half at least and again oh, it's all about what what how much uh you know amperage this, those things are drawing but this thing uh well this is just one device but if you're looking at anything you're gonna want to look at something that is powerful enough to do it well just to add to that um you know i do a lot of fishing and camping so i've been <laughs> enough to like uh you know, especially like lithium bat battery prices, they've gone down significantly uh, as of late. So, you know, if you really are unsure, kind of a you can always go for like the the more they call it the solar power generators, which is like the Jackeries uh, brands like Jackery or Goal Zero, where they have uh, I believe five hundred watts of you can buy like certain certain you know uh, batteries that that are. Yeah, I mean, you can literally power a refrigerator for two, two or three days. So, and those are like less than five hundred bucks. But um, just to add to that, art. Yeah, you could power a refrigerator for two to five days. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think what what it is going is lithium is pretty good. Though. We just we just haven't really thought about stuff like this and technology uh, outside of what we are looking at. We look at DJ stuff, you know, microphones, speakers, um, you know, there's other technology that has gone, you know, way far. And um, it's all about just kind of, you know, utilizing things from different parts to to kind of help what we do. So, yeah. So you could be you could do the whole ceremony uh, and not even have to bother bringing two. 50 uh, yard or 100 yard, um, 200 yard extension cords, which no is generally what we would and, do. And, and I was going to say, there's ones where I do it 
Um, and it's doable, but like you said, it's like a hundred yards or something yeah. like that, you know, and there's ones where it's, it's doable, but not fun, you know, and it would not. just be so much easier to, to have that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like, like it. Ceremony. This really works in the ceremony, uh, moment. I think if you're doing you cocktail, cocktail hours, absolutely. If you have a powerful enough battery, you can power like, you know, a small speaker and you're, you know, uh, uh, yeah, that's you know, a game, like iPod, you know. gigawatts. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, thanks. Thank you, DJ As One, for sharing that. No problem, guys. Inside knowledge. Give yourself an air horn. (laughs) (laughs) So before we sign out, um, I wanted to plug some upcoming events that the Beat Refinery DJ School is doing starting September 24th. Uh, We are hosting a few virtual workshops that's happening every two weeks on Thursdays. Starting with Sean Jay. Uh, Sean Jay will be doing his introduction to live streaming workshop. Again, that is on September 24th. Um, DJ Aswan, Stylus Chris, as well as the homie DJ Throwdown are hosting and teaching their own virtual workshops after that. Uh, But again, it happens every two weeks on Thursdays starting September 24th. Uh, Just more info about it, just check out beatrefinery.com or just look for the promo on our socials at, at sign Beat Refinery. And sign up for those workshops if you want to get your learning on. Come learn with us. Get your learn on. <laughs> but yes, learn up. that's going to do it for us for now for part one of this episode. Can I sneak in one quick plug? Uh, sure. Go for because it. it. Because it's relevant to this, this first episode that we're doing together. Uh, the 8th, September 18th, which will be the Friday of the week this show is airing. Uh, I'm going to be on uh, Sirius XM Fly at 9 p.m. for their Friday Fly Ride. So, yes, catch me on the 18th at 9 p.m., uh, 90s and 2000s hip hop and R&B. Ooh. Word. Thank you. Right so, once again, uh, we'll be back next week uh, with part two along with the same guests here on this panel next Monday at 9 p.m. East Coast time. And we'll continue talking to them about the mobile DJ industry. Uh, If you prefer to listen to the audio side of things, this episode will be uploaded this Thursday to Apple, Spotify, Mixcloud, wherever you consume and listen to all things podcasts. Uh, Thank you once again to everybody for tuning in and for supporting us with the show. So uh, stay safe. Keep wearing a mask. Spread some love. We'll see you guys next week. Everybody say peace. Peace. Peace.